Holy crap. This market, right? <laughs> I thought we were in for a uh, May roller coaster ride back up to the all-time high. Uh, and we just kept spiraling down. Uh, I had my worst day ever on May 9th. Seven and a half percent. I don't even know if that was the right sound, but it went away. I've since made it all back, but it, it, the bear market is obviously in full effect. You're hearing recession thrown around. And look, a lot of major players were saying this back in November, which was when we had the all-time high in all the four major indexes. Um, you know, it, it's been a roller coaster ride. I, I'm not panicking. I, I'm learning more as, you know, You'll hear uh, here's part of court trades as I'm starting here solo, but we got Jack Duncan with me as we interview Fidelity Investments uh, financial advisor and Evan Scales. Much more informed on this than what I'm doing here, right? Hopping on here a month with a bunch of my buddies and trying to make sense of learning a whole new subject matter, uh, which I'm enjoying. You know, I grew up watching sports, learning, and like now, you know, over decades of my life being able to, Stephen A. Smith's not going to teach me something new, but in the world of finance, there's so much vastly unknown to me because I thought that was boring shit growing up. Now I'm just, I'm eager for so much info and I'm falling in love with CNBC. If there's no sports on, well, I got the multi-screen setup, you know how I do, but more times than not, you already know I got CNBC on. Uh, so what's next? And Evan Scales is going to help us make sense of that. Is this the bottom? Stocks rallying today. We're recording this first half on a Monday. We talked with Evan last week, coming out on a Monday evening or Tuesday for your consumption. Um, so I think you'll love this. Uh, I wanted to bring on someone super informed, and that is Evan Scales. So excited to talk to him. But first, I want to tackle some headlines and just explain, like, we've seen the craziness of the market both ways when we're all picking winners. We're throwing out letters and putting money in a company and it's going up 20% uh, to now everything just spiraling. Uh, you know, so we've seen both like getting into the stock market in 2020, which is what I did because sports were gone. I'm like, shit, let's fucking, you know, something to do. And we saw the all time highs, crazy, crazy market. It was like the high of the dot com bubble. And now we're seeing kind of the popping or the gradual popping. Is it done? Um, so it's fascinating again, as long as you're not taking out loans and, uh, Evan kind of puts it perfectly when he says, if you have a thousand bucks and you want to put in the stock market, ask yourself a question. If you lose that, is that going to be devastating or is that like, okay, you know, the, Hey, you're not going to lose it as the market has shown us, uh, over the course of its inception in the last 50 years and et cetera, all the way back in the last century. Um, you know, you're going to eventually go back up. It's just about being prepared for when you go down, be weary of all-time highs, but know that they're always going to be a next all-time high. Um, you know, so that's what's crazy, but it's how long until the next all-time high, uh, which again, we have not seen since November of 2021. Uh, how about my call on Target? Uh, worst day since 1987. Although I did tell you last pod, my pick of the month was to get out. So uh, maybe you did make a profit on that. That was the thing, right? When we talked in, uh, what was it now? In March, it was, okay, you know, be a, where are you going to find some value here in a market that's correcting to April? Okay, wow, you know, it's still kind of going down, very volatile, what's next? And now I'm talking to you in May and it's like, holy shit, we just took a beating uh, for four weeks. I mean, an utter beating. And now it's about licking our wounds. If you have capital, doubling down. Um, but, you know, we're trying to find where that bottom is and when we can start talking about consecutive green days in a row. 
Um, so yeah, Target, that was crazy. I wondered what the offices were like right down the street from me on that day where they tumbled uh ridiculously um yeah so i mentioned just don't be don't panic you know just be prepared um right now again if if you're talking about getting into the stock market now now's the time right maybe not may maybe uh if we keep going down maybe it's june but uh everything is on sale right now bargains uh and certainly there's a lot of cautious optimism zoom earnings just came out uh and they they're skyrocketing so hopefully that can we need some of these big names to kind of jump the tech rebound and uh maybe we'll see if zoom here earnings call on a monday coming out positive if that will jumpstart the rest of the market especially tech we need it um all right let's tackle some headlines here before we flip to our interview with fidelity investments um evan scales um and a great conversation so elon and twitter He's buying it. He's not going to buy it. He wants a better deal. The deal's not off the table. He's sparring and throwing poop emojis uh, with the CEO of Twitter as he's trying to have like a logical conversation about it. Um, what was interesting was that he was, you know, what is he going to buy it? Just fucking buy it already. Uh, you know, I love Twitter. I not necessarily as a play right now, but I love using it. I love using it for up to the minute news before everyone else. If you just put on the trending tab. Um, you know, it's not where you can't get news on Instagram. You can't, I mean, you could get some videos, I guess, from TikTok that leak its way out to Twitter, but, uh, it's very distinctive as a social media platform. And, you know, you could just put your thoughts there. Uh, it, you know, that's, that's interesting, but I think it's really revolutionary how it's kind of jumpstarted just an entire industry, right? It made the sports media personality popular. It gave athletes a platform to grow their own brand. Instagram did as well, but now you get Kevin Durant like throwing it back and forth with different sports media personalities that he couldn't do that with before we had this web 2.0 revolution. And now you're seeing VCon in Minneapolis this past weekend, totally dedicated to web 3.0. Um, so again, we talked crypto with Emmett Scales and his take on it as a financial advisor as well. So that's coming up. CNN plus run didn't even surpass the extremely short run of Quibi. That was ridiculous. I mean, what a poor business move. Ridiculous. I couldn't believe that. Um, dust has since settled from them, but what a disaster. Warner Brothers and Discovery combined. You know, is I find it interesting when companies do that. I know Warner Brothers obviously is very extensive. Discovery Plus is a thing too. I'm surprised CNN Plus didn't, uh, you know, last, but Discovery Plus did. But maybe they got smart and combined with the Warner Brothers because it didn't go as planned. Um, but that's interesting. Okay. I saw this on TikTok and it's interesting because their advertisement, which is obviously TikTok's a super popular thing, especially amongst young people now. And they're advertising, hey, buy shares now before we go public. And what it is, is an autonomous mowing company um, called Graze. And I want you to think about this. It's like the Roomba for your lawn. Like they'll mow your lawn for you. Now, what's your guys' take on this? I, you know, finally got into mowing once I bought my first house in South Dakota. Been doing it a couple of years now. Now we upgraded the lawns a little bigger. The lawn's a little bit, uh, you know, more steep in the backyard here in Minneapolis. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, like, I love a good mowing on my lawn. It's very rewarding, especially when you get that grass looking just right. Would I go for an autonomous mower? I mean, I could do without mowing. It certainly saves me an hour of my day. Um, I don't know. I wonder if people will go for that. It's uh, interesting, but I thought it was 
fascinating to kind of see that on TikTok. And now I might have to do some more research about when that is actually coming. The company is Graze. Um, picks of the pod for this month. I know what picks? Picks? We're getting crushed. Dylan, you just picked Target. I've got two for you, and here they are. Last bit of headlines here before we get to those picks. Um, Ford sold 8 million shares of Rivian. Rivian, we talked about in previous months, they are like the heir apparent to Tesla. They do electric, uh, fully e-powered trucks, real slick design, almost looks like the Batmobile. Like Apparently, companies love it. At least that's what everyone was saying when they IPO'd in November. What happened in November? We hit all-time highs, and then we absolutely got smoked for the next five, six months. So Rivian. Likewise, getting smoked down 73% since the IPO. Um, how about that, though? So Ford couldn't, they were contractually obligated as some IPOs go, where it's like, hey, if you're going to invest in us, you're at least going to lock in for 18 months. You're at least going to lock in for three months, you know, and it's like written up. So this was the first time Ford could get out, like literally the date on that contract, they sold 8 million shares, which has stricken a little bit of a panic. Uh, helping out that 73% decline since the IPO and all-time high because they shot up. I mean, everyone was thinking, the darling, let's buy this. This is awesome. And, you know, this happened to Penn, right, where they got crushed. They went public right before coronavirus, the last huge dip we saw. They went all the way back up, and now they're getting smoked by the dip. But still, they're up since uh, that first coronavirus crash back in March of 2020. But, yeah, like capital calls and IPO contracts, I'm invested in this private company uh, that is uh, basically, hey, we, we think this is going to be profitable for us in a long play. Five years, I think we've been invested for about a year or two now, but I just got that old e uh, email. Hey, a capital call, 6% of your initial investment, uh, site clause and contract 1.12. This is your written notice. Like, great. All right. You know, I'm not looking to pull out anytime, but it's crazy how it's like, hey, you're investing in us. We actually need more money here. Uh, and sometimes it's contractually, Hey, we could, we're calling some capital and you got to send it your way. Uh, but you always never look forward to that. I'm looking forward to the email where it's like, here is your capital. Uh, you know, when we get that out, but that's obviously a long play. All right. Picks of the pod here. I'm getting in on Sony. I think it's an attractive price right now below a hundred. I'm a PS five guy. I, and I was always a PlayStation guy. A lot of people don't even have the PS five yet. And it's been out for because it's been shut short supply. I'm telling you, I somehow found mine on Amazon. I don't know what people are doing. I must have lucked out. I got one a couple months ago. I fucking love it. It's it's crazy. Think about the PS4 craze. Um, and, you know, I my question is, when is our generation, millennials, who kind of grew up in the golden age of video games, or at least the beginning of it, when are we going to stop playing video games? I guess it's always when it comes to, you know, having kids and whatnot. But I think about the generation before us, they really kind of, didn't get into video games that much because they grew up with Pong. Uh, you know, we grew up with Crash Bandicoot, at least something where it's like, oh, great. Now we've got God of War. And now we've got another, we had the PS4. And now we've got PS5. And then who's going to be next? Next, next is going to be VR. Uh, I don't think video games are going away. Sony has been a player for some time now. It is on discount because everything is. Um, and I think Sony's got some great potential. I'm also in on Charles Schwab. Service I use, they're my provider for trading stocks. Always had great advertising. Um, you know, if you remember the Schwab commercials, uh, they always do a nice job. They've been around for a couple decades, at least that I can remember, and really killing it in the advertising game. 
And uh, another attractive price, I think, has even more upside in Sony in terms of going percentage up from where it's at. Based out of Austin, Texas, which I think has potential to turn into one of these new hubs, right? You saw it once sports gambling became legal. Boom, Vegas. You've got a football team. Boom, Vegas hockey team, but not in that order. Opposite. They're going to get a baseball and basketball team eventually. That's happening. Uh, people flock to Vegas, Silicon Valley. People flock there for the tech boom. Uh, you know, Florida is kind of like the Bitcoin capital of the world right now, but also people taking advantage of those tax breaks, moving their business in the nice weather. Texas is another spot. And Austin's like a crown jewel that I think not everyone has discovered yet. You heard more and more in the last decade, tech people flocking down there. It's turning into a mini tech hub. I think sports are about to follow. You've got Austin FC, which is killing it. And I could, why not? It's a huge city. Everything's bigger in Texas. Why not? I don't think Jerry Jones would like it, but why not put an NFL franchise there eventually? Uh, NBA, basketball. I think Austin is really tax breaks, pretty damn good weather year round. I think Austin, Texas is a spot to be. Schwab, I enjoy using their service. I usually like back in the things that I enjoy, utilize, and like. And uh, I think Schwab definitely has got a chance to. I think they're um, like they just upped their guidance for the year. I think they, my guidance for you is that they're going to go up. And that is my pick of the pot. But of course, none of this is financial advice. We've got a actual financial advisor with us here. Evan Scales, you're going to learn. Of course, he's not giving you full-fledged advice that you should do with, but he's here to help you make more informed decisions, explain what's going on, teach me and Jack what the hell's going on, because you know you sure is not getting the most uh, you know astute stuff on stocks here. The, the point of this pod is me kind of like the average man dipping his toe into something and trying to make sense of it. You know, I, I might post the... Uh, the Dylan, uh, the new, the ARC hedge funder, you know, like I, I should post my portfolio. It's the DC 80, the Russell 5,000, Russell 1,000. I've got, I think, 83 stocks I'm in. But uh, at the moment, nobody's got any winners. And I certainly do not as well. But uh, Sony and uh, Schwab, you already know, right? Lock it in. All right. Here's Evan Scales. Let's talk to him right here. Uh, great conversation. Hope you enjoy it on Core Trades. All right. I've been waiting to talk to this guy for some time. We had to get him on the pod. Uh, we, we have this in common. We were both high school athletes, uh, but there's one key difference. You, Evan Scales, were exceptional, uh, and I was getting you water. Uh, but you went on to become a collegiate athlete as well as a financial advisor, licensed financial advisor. I've been fascinated by your path. Let's learn a little bit more about it. Ask away. Um, that 2015 squad, probably the most fun I ever had playing basketball. Like, I think you can attest to that. I think we had on the court, off the court. That was a group. That was a squad. Um, but yeah, junior college out of high school first and then Southeast to finish, Southeast Missouri State. Um, TD Ameritrade out of college and then Fidelity Investments. So that's, that's, that's been about it. What would your current take kind of be on the current state of the market? That's, that's a really good question. I think you have to look at it from multiple perspectives. A lot of my clients are about to retire, retired, or just retired, right? So the conversations we have are a little bit different, right? Protecting your money, income, things like that are really important. For, let's go with like a younger, let's call it low 20s to like closer to the 40, 45, mid 40s. I think it's very interesting because if you look at the stock market, and then you look outside, it's completely, they're like, there's two separate worlds. Kind of like COVID. You look at, we'll call it April, May of 2020, the market was ripping, but nobody was outside. 
You know, you have, you have hotel companies at all time highs and nobody's in, in the hotel. So it's, it's quite stark when I look at it. I mean, there are three big things that are really driving uh, what you would call our, our push down, I guess you've got <clears throat> the biggest one is inflation. Then you have China and then you have Russia, Ukraine. Right. And so there's a lot of concerns um, for your younger investor. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, but it's definitely a learning opportunity, right? 2008, you hear that a lot. 2000, you hear that a lot. This is uh, this is kind of our like intro to what it looks like to have a really down market. So quite interesting. What's super interesting, and you said it was like, that's when I kind of got interested was, okay, sports are done. I can't gamble on it. Where am I going to find some value? Oh, hey, there's a stock market. And like, I just discovered CNBC, which is just like, I'm, I'm learning new stuff. Like, you know, I've been growing up following sports, like having that on 24 seven. Now I'm like, wait a second, this is interesting to me too. But you said it, we went through where stocks are just ripping. You couldn't pick a non-winner through 2020, 2021. Now we've come back down to earth. And like you said, it's learning. So as long as you weren't, you know, taking out loans and getting screwed here. But, you know, you just kind of got to weather the storm, learn. You know, I thought I was the smartest guy in the room. Now I'm humbled. It's like, oh, this is what it is. Um, wh what really got you into finance and like for your passion for it? Was it in college, in high school? Uh, I think I think we kind of all shared that same similarity of like just wanting to hustle and then money being the result of that. And so you just like it. And then the more you learn about it, you're like, I kind of like this. And so I don't know if I ever had a burning desire to be a financial advisor. I just like money. And then all of a sudden I kind of kept looking around. I was like, this is cool. And I just learned more about it. And that's how, that's how I got there. There's nothing real special there. So what would you say are kind of your, your, your favorite things about the world of finance and kind of your least favorite parts? That's, well, that's, it's a real, that's a good question because I'll, I'll take it as an advisor because that's probably the, the most important. The best part about it is like <clears throat> you leave an appointment. I have a meeting with a client and they'll just shake your hand like and just say thank you. Like I, we were lost before, but now we have the most perfect, clear picture of what we want our future to look like. I can't express to you the feeling you get when you have a client who like their income is solved. They have Social Security and they have all the money they worked their entire life for. You set it up in an income structure and they don't have to worry about it. They wake up every month. They have social security. They have a, their own little pension set up and they can do whatever they want. You see the, the people who travel and, and go to Florida for the, uh, for the months and they spend money like crazy. That's because they have a really good financial plan. So I would say that's probably the most rewarding part. But the flip side is, is when you run into people who they didn't save or they weren't prepared or they were more aggressive. So you said it like you think you're you know, the smartest guy in the world. And you're overexposed and you don't know that until you look at your portfolio, January, February, March, mm. and you're down 20, 30%, you know, and you've, you know, you have, get, you have grown, you've got growth, I guess, but it's hard. And so I, I think the hardest part is looking somebody in the face and them asking you, why is my money down? And you're just like, it's the market, you know, there's, there's yeah. no, there's no hiding, you know? So it, that same like client interaction of I worked my entire life. I have my income. This is fantastic. And then you've got the people who are like, I'm literally watching my net worth shrink every day. And so those are the, the peak and trough, I guess you could say, of financial advising. And they don't have the answers, right? You're sitting here like, hey, this is how the market goes. And you said, you know, we're riding the highs. Hell, we have a green day tomorrow. We're forgetting about today where, you know, we obviously want a bit more sustainability. But you touched on it. The future. We know eventually, if time will tell, 
stocks will eventually rebound, right? People who have the capital right now are buying, you know, they're getting this dip, but we're not sure how far more it'll dip. That's what's interesting. So where do you think the market will go from here, in your opinion, next year, next five years, next 10 years? Yeah, it's very interesting. I have this conversation pretty much every day, and I'll touch on the the part of it about when when to buy, but we've seen such velocity in the market. I think I think COVID really stepped in and just like everybody learned about stocks. They learned about options. They learned about how they can leverage their money to make more. They learned about how the system works. And so you saw COVID things crash incredibly fast. And then it turned around and ripped up incredibly fast. And then you start looking at November, October, November, 2021, January, February, March, April, May, <laughs> maybe June of 2022, we're ripping down. And so usually like we talk about a a correction, a 10% correction in the, and let's say 2022, beginning end of 2021, everybody felt we're in mid cycle and in the mid cycle, there's early active rebounding, which is after a recession, when the market's just on a tear, you buy anything you want, it's going to make money. Then you have a recession 2008, you know, maybe right now, potentially, or you've got that. Then there's late cycle, which is like, are we going to be in a recession or are we okay? And then there's mid cycle where, where we spend most of our time in the mid cycle. There's a 50, 50 chance of a 10% correction, right? And 80% of all corrections happen in the mid cycle. And so what we, what we saw was not unusual, mm-hmm. but it was really quick. It was really fast. Yeah. And so I think if you think about, okay, where are we going to be in a year or two years? I think the answer to that question is it could depend. We could be a little bit worse. But we haven't had two consecutive down years in the S&P. You might have to go back to like 2000, 1999, 2000, maybe even in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Even, two, even 2008, we were down 38%. The next year, we were up 27% at the end of the year. And so you start looking at that and it's like, okay, we haven't had two bad years in a row. I think in a couple of years, we'll be back to where we are. You look at all the economic data. I mean, the consumer spending is strong. You're seeing record levels of unemployment. Like that's incredibly rare. You're seeing corporate corporations have sometimes record earnings or at least really strong earnings, giving guidance like, hey, we might not be this strong anymore, but still really strong. Um, so there's a lot of really good out there. But at the same time, like the stock market is a leading indicator. It, it's kind of showing us the path forward. And so things certainly are going to slow down. But I would say over the next two years, call it 18 months, I think we're back fine. So one thing you always got to ask finance people because everyone has a different opinion. What's what are your thoughts on you know crypto, NFTs, the metaverse? What, what's your opinion? Yeah, I there's a ton of ways to answer that. I uh, I'm very crypto bullish um, for you know just because I, I like it, I enjoy it, I think it's really cool. I don't know that there's a uh, we found the proper adoption for it yet. I don't know if it's going to be the payment gate- gateway we all want it to be. Um, it's not. It's definitely not like digital gold because it crashes as fast as the market did, if not faster. Mm-hmm. But there is like it's an asset and it will be around. And so I think it has to be adopted. NFTs are really cool. I also don't think they've gotten like product market fit. You know, like they're they're interesting. They're really cool. You can flip them and buy them and sell them. Like my profile picture on Twitter is an NFT. I paid sixty dollars for it. I don't even know how I did that. Honestly, I just figured it out. <laughs> and so. I don't think we've figured out where that fits, but I think it will end up being something like uh, best guess would be like, it's like your VIP guest pass to an experience, you know, you get access to something. Um, and so I, th- I think there's a lot of really cool things going on with it. The metaverse is interesting. I, I was listening to Elon Musk speak and, and he was saying that recessions and, and market pullbacks are really, are really good. Cause at a certain point you're like raining on, you're like, it's like raining money on a pool. 
And so you start getting capital allocated to the wrong things. And so maybe crypto and metaverse, we got a little bit ahead of our skis because they sell it off so fast, but they're definitely here to stay. But if you look at crypto and how it works, it's just a much more violent stock market. Yeah. But it's still, it's you look at the all-time gains on on like Bitcoin. I mean, you'd be like, oh my God, you know, you'd be a billionaire if you just hold on to it. So it's uh it's quite interesting. Um, but it's definitely here to stay. It just where the where it fits, it's interesting. We'll see. It's like people got a taste back in like what towards the end of 2010. I mean, think about the dot-com bubble where people are like, the internet, what? And now we're all using it. Exactly. Um, you know, so again, I think it's like, hey, we all of a sudden see all these commercials and your, you know, grandparents are yelling at you. What's that thing bouncing on my Super Bowl ad? Uh, you know, everyone got a taste. And then eventually, you know, it's not right now, but, you know, maybe once we get out of this potential recession, people start, you know, things evolve and maybe it's here to stay. So sure. we're chatting with Evan Scales, licensed financial advisor uh, here on Core Trade. So I know you guys have like different regulations for how, like, are you allowed to kind of have your own portfolio? What have been some of your biggest winners? What are some plays, stocks that you really like right now or eventually have liked, right? Since before we got Yeah, crushed? Good, good question. So I have to I think I lead it with like, you know, do your own research, do your own due yeah. diligence, this whatever. Is not financial <laughs> advice. Or Never anything. is. Of yeah, course, all, I told you to buy Target last month. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It happens. It happens. Um, as far as like what I like, like I like all the things that if I, when I say them, you're going to be like, yeah, duh. Like this is of course, <laughs> right. I love Amazon. I love Google. Like those are like the two I'm like, if I think about it in 10 years, are going to be around. I like Walmart a lot. I think they're really doing great things over there too. Like those are the big ones. I, my entire portfolio of like what I call buy and hold. And I add to it weekly is the indexes is actually the NASDAQ mostly because it's down so much. And the S and P, I have some small and mid caps too, but that's that's where I like to play. I don't want to necessarily be a day trader as much as I can. Now I will I will trade options on the spy on SPY. Um, I'm a zero day or one day expiration. That's my thing. One strike out of the money. Uh, you can catch me there anytime. Love but for the most part, I'm gonna buy the indexes and I'm gonna buy all the companies that you've heard of that you think are gonna be around in ten years. That that's how I think about stock picking at the end yeah. of the day. What's like the best advice you like to give people like stay calm or like stuff like that? Or how do you kind of, when people are freaking out, what's kind of, how do you handle that? Yeah, I would say it's like, a, you have to have the right mental model. Uh, saying the right thing or doing the right thing is very hard, but thinking the right way is pretty simple. And so you think about like, what, like let's, let's, let's just pick a random store. Like what's what you're one of your guys' favorite like department stores or just stores to shop at in general. Like just pick one. Let's go Lowe's right now. Perfect. Perfect. You walk into Lowe's today and everything's on sale at 20%. Like, this is fantastic. I'm going to buy whatever. I, I'm going to buy all the things I said I was going to buy and maybe some more because everything's on sale for 20%. You leave, you come back in a week and everything's on sale for 35%. All right. Well, that's an even better deal. That doesn't make last week's shopping trip any worse. That just makes this opportunity better. And so when I think about, you know, how should you handle the market? If you have dollars that you can allocate, do that. But also understand that the market is rigged to the upside. We, everybody wants to make money. Nobody is in the market to lose money. Everybody wants to make money up and to the right is where we want to go. And so there are certain cycles where you have to stomach volatility, right? Volatility is the price we pay for long-term growth and wealth. And so that we just have to go through some of those things. And it can be hard if you're a young first-time investor or if you're you're older and you're about to retire. It's, it's just equally as hard, maybe more dollars or less dollars, but it's all the same. So 
thinking about the market as like, okay, this thing, it wants to go up and things are on sale right now. That's an easy way to wrap your head around. Okay. Just playing the math. This is going to work out for me. I love it. I think this is some great information. You can know oh, we're going to tag him on Twitter. He's a great follow as well. We'll have to get some sports opinions from you, uh, Evan. Eventually, we'll have a different yeah. podcast down the line. I got, I got one more question though. Just uh, yeah, for sure. So, what would you tell someone who doesn't know much about the stock market, just starting out, has like a thousand dollars to play with? Would you tell them to just wait until they have more money, or how would you tell them to get their start? Uh, I think practice is good. I would. The first question I always ask is like you know, let's say that thousand dollars gets taken from your account tomorrow. Like how big of an impact does it have in your life? And if you say it'd be world, like it'd be earth shattering. Okay. Well then maybe don't invest all of that and invest an amount of money that you're okay with losing, but it's good, good practice. And then just learn about the indexes, learn what an index is, learn about SPY and QQQ and, and the Dow, DIA, learn what that stuff is, get a really good understanding. And then you can deviate. I think a lot of people get in trouble when they're like, I'm just gonna go buy Tesla. And it goes down what Tesla stock by a hundred bucks in a day that could happen. And it's like, what happened to my money? Well, that's, that's normal. Mm -hmm. You're just new to this. So I would say, learn about the indexes, get comfortable with risking money and risking money that you can afford to lose. And I think it'll work out for you just be disciplined with it and try to add money as you can earn more and, and invest more. And we'll get you out of here with this. So, you know, how do you, what information are you craving? Where are you going to get informed on? Obviously the indexes are one thing, but say you did want to stray. If there's a company you're hearing about and you're like, hmm, how am I going to do my due diligence? What are you looking for? Yeah, I I would say not necessarily a particular stock, but just on Twitter, you can go and and there are a ton of just great follows. I, I really can't think of the ads right now, but Go on Twitter and you just type in like just stock market investing, spend your follows, like just follow everybody. And eventually you'll find the ones that you really, really like. So Twitter is a really great uh, resource for that. I love like there's a podcast called Group Chat. That's one of my favorites. Uh, the All In podcast. I was just mm-hmm. listening to that. Um, that's, I think, my favorite podcast it came out one time a week. So just I think anybody that's smarter than you and has more money than you is probably a good listen. And then just understand how they think and then try to apply that as best you can. But I would say Twitter is a great resource. And then just any financial podcast is really good. Penny's going in raw is cool too. Those guys are savages. <laughs> Love it. Hey, great stuff. You're a savage, my friend. Thanks for coming yes, on. Uh, Evan That's Scales, uh, good stuff. Licensed financial advisor. You said it now, Fidelity. Yeah, um, Fidelity Investments, yeah. Good stuff, my man. Love talking to you. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And we'll chat to you guys shortly. Absolutely.